Welcome to Transcending Identity. I'm your host, Nicole Lee, and I am thrilled to be your guide on this incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. This podcast is designed to help you connect deeper with yourself and transcend the identities, beliefs, and environments that may be holding you back from living your best life. Through insightful interviews, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice, I speak with incredible people from around the world who share their stories of transformation, transcendence, and triumph. From entrepreneurs to spiritual teachers, athletes to activists, you'll learn how they overcame obstacles and reached new heights in their lives. I will also share my personal stories, insights, and tools along the way. By listening to this podcast, I hope you feel seen, supported, and inspired to live your best life. Thanks for spending time with me today. Your time to transcend starts now. Hey, hope all is well. Welcome to episode six. I'm so excited to have my amazing friend and creative genius, Rich Younglore, as my guest. Rich is a Grammy-nominated hip-hop and R&B producer and serial entrepreneur, and his journey in music started in the 90s when at just 16, he signed with Sean Puffy Combs, aka Diddy's Hitman production team. Rich is produced for artists such as Beyonce, Notorious B.I.G., DMX, LL Cool J, Faith Evans, New Edition, and so many more. And given his longevity and success in the music industry, Rich is also committed to developing up-and-coming artists, producers, and writers, often serving as their mentor and guide along their journey. And to expand his reach and impact, he partnered with Sound Oracle to create an online course called the Producer Survival Manual. The course provides guidance from experienced industry experts covering both creative and financial aspects of the music production industry, providing the knowledge and tools necessary to succeed as a music producer. And during our time together, Rich shares his personal and professional journey. And some of the topics we cover were the importance of dreaming big, how passion fuels discipline action, embracing failure, and the keys to building strong, lasting relationships. I hope you enjoy this episode and that it inspires you to dream big and courageously pursue your passions. Hey, Rick, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you today? Oh, man, I'm feeling great. I'm excited to be here, too. Awesome. So, Rich, let's start from the beginning. You've been in the game for, like, 30 years. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) I'm like... Literally, as a teenager, you got into the game in the music industry. How did you get started? Oh, man. You know, it was the best thing in the world. And it was all because of a beautiful girl. <laughs> you know, So my first week of high school, I met this girl that went to my high school. And she was absolutely gorgeous. You know, as a 14-year-old, she was killing them. And uh, <laughs> I was walking into the bus and you know, tried to get her phone number, and you know, you know, put my bid in. And after she left, this uh, brother came up to me, and he was like, "Hey, is that your girlfriend?" And so I'm lying. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> he he said, "Man, you have great taste." <laughs> he said, "Hey, are, are you into music?" And I was like, uh, "No, nah, not really." And he was like, "Well, look." He gave me his card. He said, "I own a studio around the corner." He said, "You're welcome to come by whenever you want." And I was interested, you know, so I I went and the guy was a legitimate player in the music business and he was true to his word. And he let me sit in the sessions and just soak up all of that great energy. And it it was a it was meant to be because that that one 
thing that he did just changed my life because it not only got me into music, I made a lot of uh, lifelong friends that I'm still tight with from from that studio, that experience, you know. And I was at 14. I was just crazy. 14. So yeah. have you always had that vibe and energy? Like, of course I can make it happen. Like, is that something you've always had? Well, you know what? I always felt like, why not? <laughs> it's fellow. Yeah, why not? And I think seeing that, like, my dad and his journey and like uh you know my dad is one of those guys who uh you know sets goals and and works at it and, and makes miracles happen and to actually be able to see that you know he was in corrections i remember like as he's like going through the ranks you know he has to study for his test he doesn't have time to study because he's working he has other businesses so he used to like uh record his um you know, the stuff you had to study on tape, you know, with him saying and he'll play it while he's driving He'll do all this stuff. I don't know. I, I guess you, you kind of feel that you can do whatever your father can do. You know, I, I think that's what I felt. And I saw that my father was, uh, you know, a dude who made it happen. And then um, my grandfather was like the, the same way, you know. So I just felt that, uh, you know, I could do whatever I, I wanted to do. <laughs> That's dope. And you had deep roots in, I mean, for you to have a grandfather and a father that you had those role models, it's amazing that you had that foundation. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't have been anywhere without it. And also I had an older brother who was, you know, whew, I'm very thankful that I had him because he was actually trying things in the music business way before I was, you know, coming out with records, he was rapping. So I, I, I knew about it through his trials and stuff like that. And he also was like an avid reader. So like, um, you know, around that same time, uh, well, maybe before this, this is actually before I got into the music business because he went to the army. So he wasn't there when I got with them. But he had these books like, you know, Think and Grow Rich and some book uh, full of affirmations. It, it almost like um, it turned the, the lights on in my head. You know, and I was like, oh, wow, this is this is what you got to do. And for me, reading that stuff so early and and also seeing what I thought was examples of it, it gave me a belief that, you know, I just had to believe and focus and all of these different things. And I can make whatever I want happen. It, it kind of removed all fictional boundaries from my imagination. Wow. So you not only have foundation, but you had exposure early. So you oh, just, yeah. I mean, it was just like, like you say, like, why not? And given that, why not? Let's talk a bit about not only having the connection with the producer, but it led to you getting a contract with Bad Boys. Well, once I got the opportunity to go into that studio, <laughs> I got to see some magical sessions. You know, it was crazy. This brother, Tony Dofat, he was producing like Heavy D's Blue Funk album. Uh, his brother Jesse West, aka Third Eye, he was producing Mary J. Blige's What's the 411 remix album. They were actually both were producing on that, but I got to see that happen like, see him do the remix for Reminisce. And he was working with the Lost Boys and a young guy by the name of Biggie Smalls. You know, so I got to see Man. all of this and I would hear. The, about this guy named Puffy. I would, I would hear about him and they would talk about him, you know, in high regards. 
but I, I knew he was like a, uh, behind Mary J. Blige and that project. So I thought he was like an R&B guy, you know, Mary J. and Jodeci. So I didn't think that what I was doing would necessarily, it didn't click in my mind until like few years later, I was at school one day and I was talking with these, these girls, of course, women. Here, are, come, the, they, here come the girls yeah, again. Yeah, they're here everywhere. Here come the girls again, Rich. <laughs> they, they are inspirational. <laughs> they, they, seriously, it's not even a joke. You know, I could write a book about it. Uh, but yeah, they were, you know, some, some cute girls. They were talking about Puff Daddy and uh, Craig Mack. They just came out with like Flavor in Your Ear. And a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, I need to get down with that guy because it was like two people that wanted to sign me like Pete Rock, Seals Move and this other manager lady named Alira. And the, both of them said they were going to bring me to him after they signed. Right. <laughs> so a light bulb, I was like, man, I need to go directly to him. So I just called information, got the, you know, got the number to his office and, you know, I called and I was like, look, I'm 16, you know, I'm like the best producer in the world. And, uh, <laughs> who can I talk to? And they told me to speak to Harf Pierre and I, you know, kept calling for him. I wasn't able to get him. I remember I had one quarter left and uh, I called my house and my, at that time, my brother Harvey was back and I told him, I said, Hey, uh, you know, call, call this guy, Harf Pierre and set up a meeting for me. And by the time I got home from school, he had a meeting set up for me for the next day. It was pretty crazy. So. And so what what happened from there? I mean, you have the meeting and then what happens from from that point? Oh, man. So I had the meeting with Harv Pierre. He listened to my my music and he has a, a ice grill. You know, I appreciate it now. A lot of people say I actually have it, too. You know, <laughs> where you can't really tell what we're feeling at the moment, whether we love it or not. You know, you really can't tell. So, um I thought this guy didn't like my music. I, I just felt that uh, he didn't like it. So I thought that would be the end of that experience. But um, a few days later, they called me and they said that uh, Diddy wanted to meet with me. And uh, I met with him and he didn't like my music. He was very vocal about it. <laughs> he was very vocal about it. But he felt that uh, I was just idolizing the wrong people. And so he's like, you know, you're going to hang out with me. And, you know, he was so confident in himself. <laughs> He's like, Yo, you hang out with me. You're just going to get it. And uh, he was right. Now, it was such a blessing because it really, truly took my life to the, the next level as far as music production, as far as building teams. I mean, it was, man, talk about going to college. It was it was like Harvard of music, you know. So let's talk a little bit about that because you mentioned just going to the next level and even the fact of like Harvard, like you got an MBA in life. What did you learn about life and your career and being an entrepreneur through all of that? Yeah, I learned so much. And what's funny is, you know, I didn't even realize I was learning this stuff until later on. But the first thing that I learned is to dream. You you had to dream huge. And I remember going into the office for the first time. There was like after you get after you get off the elevators there's like a, a a door and stuff like that. But on a, there were, to the left, there was like a wall. And he was like, I don't even remember what the quote was exactly, but it was something like dream your biggest dream, you know, something like that. So he was already on it. So, you know, I, I got to see the fruits of that, you know, that that really is what it takes. 
so I got to learn that. I got to learn uh, discipline. You have to stay in something. You have to finish it till it till it's done. I I got to learn passion, uh, because in order to have that discipline, you got to have a passion for it. You're not gonna finish anything if you don't have the passion for it to drive you. That's the gas that's gonna you know pit in your system, and teamwork. I think one of uh, Diddy's superpowers is he's an incredible manager of people and he, he picks good teams and puts good groups of together. And I think that's one of his superpowers. So I got to learn that. And I got to also have fun and, and not worry about money. <laughs> you know, those guys, you think, you know, at the beginning, you think he was making like, you know, what he's making now, you know, um, and he wasn't, you know, but he uh, carried himself as such. He he acted as, as as if, and it came into fruition. So I got to learn all of those things, you know, up close, and it was a great experience. A great experience. What did you find to be your superpower during that process or afterwards? <laughs> Just in general, I'm curious what your superpower is. Well, I think one of my superpowers is listening. And I actually think that it, it came from him, honestly, because it, he he told me, he's like, look, man, he said, uh, you're 16. He's like, people are going to talk to you. You know, you have a good vibe. So he's like, learn from them. You're about, he's like, you're about to meet a ton of top people, you know, learn as much as you can from them, you know? So, you know, I'm so young that whatever he says to me, I'm taking this to heart, you know what I'm saying? And I'm doing, I'm, I'm, you know, those are my, my marching orders, you know? So, you know, he was right. I, I met so many great people and I would, uh, you know, intentionally learn from them. And that set me on a, a path that I, I'm still on. Like, for example, um, you know, we'll get into it later, but I sell these courses that uh, help people make money in the, the music business as, as a producer. So we have the producer survival manual, what I'm doing with my boy, Sound Oracle. And that comes from this, what, what he told me then <laughs> is to meet people, find out, you know, and learn from them. So what I did was I created like a, a system for myself where every few years I would forget what I think I know and try and relearn you know, from the ground up, how the business is, is run. And that would keep me current. And it will also build me relationships because I would always try and go to people I didn't know and, you know, new people. And, and now they it would kind of catch them from off guard. Like, Hey, you know, can I take you to lunch? I really would like to understand, you know, what's going on here. And some people wouldn't mess with me, but some, the people that did, it gave us a different relationship, at least I feel. And, you know, some people really, allow me to to learn like uh some folks like jeff burrows who was at one time the president of bad boy he would let me come in the staff meetings of the label and and see how those things are run and that has nothing to do with the production per se but because i asked he would let me do it i I would learn everybody's position and bad boy it was like um bad boy was so hot that it had a high turnover of people because People will work there for a little bit. It'll be so much success and they'll get a bigger job somewhere else, you know, because bad boy was so everybody wanted a piece of it. So that allowed me to, you know, I started there and then I, I would ask other companies and it just is 
gave me a reach that's unbelievable. And I, uh, it's, it's a system that I do with, um, not just the music business with everything that I deal with, you know, whatever I do, I'm going to get some knowledge from subject matter experts, how, how this is done. And that's one thing that I, I learned from there, um, that, that I think is my superpower, my ability to, uh, execute that <laughs> you know put it make it happen and get people you know i'm not a little kid anymore <laughs> you know but people will still you know sit and talk to me and you know give me the the knowledge that i'm seeking you know so i think that's definitely a superpower uh another thing i did which uh you know i got from watching you know you watch you learn monkey see monkey do you know he like i said was a master at building these teams so I felt that the only way that I can, you know, truly have success is if I built teams that would help me move like a machine like he was moving, you know, and I'm a piece of his machine. So I said, I need to have my own little machine. So I looked at like um, what advantages I, I had around me. And I remember when I first went to college, a lot of people asked me, why am I going to college? And I wasn't really going to college for, you know, to get a degree. I, I knew that I would never work. But what happened in college is I was able to meet a lot of other young guys who were like me. You know, they wanted to create, they wanted to do things. and uh, But they didn't have the uh, outlet that I had. You know, I was already plugged into Bad Boy. So I built my own little team and uh, I met a lot of people from a lot of different places. So I had guys finding me samples. I had, you know, guys just being around me. I mean, at the time, you know, I'm a young guy w walking around with all this jewelry and stuff like that, <laughs> you know. So I picked good people, good, smart people. And most of the people that most of the people that I mess with, I still, you know, continue to uh hang out with and be friends with today. And um, I started internship programs uh, just to give me a systematic, uh, a, a way to systematically get new people. And the first internship that I set up, I had from, I set up at my old high school. And now this, I just graduated there in 96 at the time. So by 90, by 99, I'm there like, again, like, you know, I'm hiring interns, you know, cause listen, bad boy was hot, you know? So, you know, I went to school, like, look, this is what was going on. You know, they had all the seniors come to the auditorium to hear me talk. And then I had all of them write essays on why they should get this internship. And I didn't read any of the essays. My mother, my mother did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the two people that were picked, it was, a uh, young, uh, woman and a young man, um, you know, they were like the right people. You know, the the woman now, her name is um, Nyla, DJ Nyla. She's like DJs all of the big spots in New York City. She's like killing the game. I'm so proud of her. She's really like really dope. She was one of my interns that helped her get her vision into the music. And then uh, Devon, he's like, uh, he's one of my He's one of my brothers. I'm not even going to say like. He's one of my brothers who I'm so thankful for that, you know, we got to be on this journey together. And then from there, you know, the next year, instead of two, I went to 10. And then, you know, I just kept, I just kept going crazy. Kept scaling. Kept, yeah, I kept scaling. <laughs> I scaling. 
<laughs> yeah, I kept scaling it. Um, you know, what's funny is a lot of them I, I keep in contact with and they always call me for advice on whatever they got going on. And but I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> what's funny is uh, whatever I thought I was, you know, going to, you know, like uh, they were going to get from me. I, t- I got about 100 times more from them. And it, it's um, it, it's just insane. It's just very insane. Yeah. So that was uh, something that uh, I, I I got from there. But I think so. I, I think my from that a superpower that I would say I have is to execute. You know, when I have a vision and I'm passionate, I will go until I can't go no more. I will go until, and then I'll I'll, I'll slow down. I'll, I'll relax, get my energy up, and then I'll go again. You know, I'll just go and. I think that's one of my superpowers. I think that comes from just, um, like I said, believing, believing the the possibilities and believing that um, you can. And that's the only way I'm going to believe no matter what happens, because I've, I've seen it firsthand and I've experienced it. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here absorbing all of that multiple superpowers. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> The the one that really stuck out to me too was always being a student. And sometimes I find that that is a challenge, particularly for people who have risen to certain heights. And so I'm curious with you, with all the success you've had, the proximity you've had to the people that you've had, what keeps you grounded? It's knowing that, you know, people is what makes your life up. It's it's all about people. I read this book once. I don't even, I don't even remember the name, but there was a a quote by um, this guy named Ahmet Erdogan. He was used to be like one of the founders of Atlantic Records, and somebody asked him what was the the secret to being great, and he is like, "Well, you just walk slow and hope you be the genius, <laughs> right?" And uh, I said, wow, you know, but that that showed the importance of, you know, people. And then I got to see, you know, that like I say about, you know, Diddy and Bad Boy, he had geniuses working with him. You know, he wasn't he didn't do anything physically, per se, but he had geniuses from Chucky Thompson, Stevie J, you know, now, you know, known for his TV career. But this guy is a genius, man. It just wired differently. And then even on the executive side, he had geniuses. Got Kirk Burroughs, who was just like the ultimate problem solver. So I knew that in order for me to have success, the success that I dream of, you know, I dreamt of then and continue to dream of. It's not something that is going to happen by myself or in silo. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a community thing. It's going to be with me and a bunch of other great people. So I think that help always, you know, keeping the, the door open for the unknown and then just trying to trust myself and trust my, trust my journey, you know, and I don't, always know where my journey is going to go, but I, I trust myself. So for example, I give you a example of that is, um, you know, I had this vision. I, I um, Puff would take produce the producers on like trips to 
you know, Trinidad to the Bahamas and during these trips, we would work on a bunch of different albums. And I really feel like it was those trips, the energy going through those trips that made the hits like, I, cause it was those trips were like, uh, almost they take you out of the, the real world that you're in. You don't have to worry about anything. All you do is have fun and, and, that energy i felt that energy is what's coming across in the music which people loved which people you know made the money so i said well you know i'm I'm gonna do the same thing of course because i'm trying to do everything he does right so <laughs> i had this house it was a two-family house and i converted it to a group home right not <laughs> necessarily like uh you know with you know children but if you a songwriter producer and, you know, I felt you were good. You know, you live here. I had a, uh, had somebody to cook for us. I had somebody to clean for us. So we come into this world that was unrealistic per se, you know, and we create. And I did that. And one of the people, you know, so I'm looking for people to, to put in this house with me. And I heard about this one kid who, he was sleeping on this girl's couch and he was a songwriter, um, producer. So, you know, he has nothing going on, you know? So I'm like, Hey, you know, let me talk to him. You know? So I meet with him. I'm and this guy's Ryan Leslie, you know, and he plays me some music and I'm like, it's cool. And, um, so I'm like, all right, cool. You know, go ahead, you know, move in. Right. So he moves in. Oh man, and a bunch of other folks moved into, but that experiment was um, so dope because it we created that energy. We had so much fun, so much fun. I mean, on Friday nights we would play like the the records. Not Friday, Monday nights we play the records we did, and um, we end up dancing to them, just having so much fun. And I always would have, we would have meetings on Monday nights to kind of set the agenda for, you know, what we wanted to do the next week. And just, uh, cause I, I really, of course, you know, I'm reading these books, you know, the think and grow rich, all that stuff. I'm, I'm building a mastermind. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get all of our energies to connect so that we can, you know, do something great. And my goal with that was for us to place, uh, like, uh, I think my goal was like the first to place like 10 songs in like six months. And we ended up doing it in like six weeks. It was, the energy was crazy, but what I didn't think of, <laughs> which I do now is, you know, you have to prepare for success. That success came so hot and heavy, you know, then you got to protect your, your your people from getting poached and all of those different things and you know i was i wasn't ready for that it but it was a great lesson um you know it I, I learned so many different things on on that that experience but it showed me that hey it, it worked you know and it wasn't that he had something that was just like a, a hit when he played it for me but i was trusting myself that I would put together a group of good people to, you know, execute this thing with me. And, um, oh man, it, it worked. It was, you know, I still think about that experience sometimes. And, um, I, we, we've actually filmed, uh, some stuff. I wish I could find those tapes, but we had so much fun. I mean, gosh. And it was, it, it wasn't even about the, the money per se, you know, it was the, it was the, we just had so much fun creating. And, um, that is, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And that, that energy 
again, like I said, happened with the the bad boy records. It, it happened with us, and we ended up, you know, just placing a lot of records um, for a lot of different artists that 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 go around. It was it was a magical experience. It was just so refreshing listening to you talk about that fun and excitement and bringing people together and the energy. I mean, sometimes we hear so much about the grind of things and to hear that part of being able to manifest things so quickly, there was the joy and play and connections with people. Everything is not always about the grind. And so I'm curious too, like as you continue to culminate that success, did you run into any roadblocks or challenges? You know what? I ran into a lot of roadblocks shortly afterwards, actually, because I, you know, like I said, you know, we had that fun. We had that fun. We made so much money. So I wanted to go bigger. You know, I wanted to go bigger. And uh, once I got bigger, you know, I, I purchased this house in Atlanta, built studios in it, had a whole different group of guys there you know and um i think that i stopped having fun i stopped putting the the focus on it and i think that was the phase one of things just not going the the way they should go um so yeah the, we'll go back to like what i think the phases are too but when i look back i think that was the first thing that that went wrong and from going there and just being focused on like you know the, the money aspect of it or the placements are, are like holding on too tight, you know, hold, holding on too tight to uh, a particular accomplishment uh, and trying to force things, you know, at, that put me in a position where, you know, I think the universe was trying to show me that it didn't work like that. And uh, I remember <laughs> when um, I turned 30, I was in London and I was hanging out with uh, my boy Errol, who's still one of my great friends. Uh, and I was saying, man, I'm going to write a book, man, you know, called the shit I've been through. He said, man, you haven't been through nothing, man. He said, you live in this, this charm life. And uh, so I remember coming home after that. And then shortly after, like things just started to, you know, fall, you know, and uh, it was uh, a crazy time. Because uh, I, I got hit with uh, a few different things that kind of, you know, came out of nowhere. Uh, the first thing that happened was um, me and a, a friend of mine, we were investing in some real estate deals that, um, you know, didn't happen uh, because, uh, you know, in the bigger picture, this is like 2008. We had like a first we had like a, a real estate kind of crash especially in Atlanta. See what happened. In, I was living in Atlanta at the time. A lot of the appraisers was, they were valuing these properties way higher than they were actually worth. So when the crash happened, everything kind of evened out. So the properties that we invested in, you know, they just weren't worth uh, much. And then after that, the market broke, you know, and, and crashed too. And there I got caught as well uh, because I always had like a, uh, somebody to help me with like a uh, wealth management per se, you know, but they weren't like a, they weren't really necessarily teaching me every aspect. So maybe I just wasn't listening. So then when the stock market had like huge crashes, I think it's like November or something like that. Yeah. I went from being up hundreds of thousands to being in a whole hundreds of thousands. <laughs> and, you know, at this point I'm still producing, but not as much, you know, cause I'm trying to get, 
get this team together, trying to build the company. So it really shook me. It really, I guess, my mindset because it's like in one thing I kind of lost all of the wealth I accumulated throughout my career to that point. And but then I had an artist named uh, Ernie Gaines who uh, was really good. We were supposed to, you know, get him signed. We actually signed. We signed a contract with Universal for four hundred thousand dollars. This project, you know. We'll remix a lot of things get me right back on track so we signed the papers like literally signed the papers sent it in and they sent it back to us to say they changed their mind right wow you know i'm like what how you know i'm at this point you know i'm bugging out then um you know then even on a personal side a, a relationship that i i thought would pan out well didn't so all these things happening at once it really kind of had me in a, a spot where I felt um, like I was in quicksand and didn't know what to do, didn't know how to handle it. And then there was those uh, few things that kind of helped me. And the first one was I was I happened to be in New York City this one cold evening and I ran into uh, this guy, Kirk Burroughs, who used to be the president of Bad Boy. And, you know, I, I knew him when I was super young. And at that point, he left Bad Boy. He was like managing Mary and doing other things in life. And I said, man, you know, I messed up, man. And um, he was like, you know, what's going on? So I explained to him that, you know, how, how much debt I was, <laughs> you know, what's going on. And he's like, well, so how, how much you owe? You know, so I was like about 300000 you know. He's like, oh, that's it? Oh, man. He said, Yo, that's nothing, man. You'll handle that. That's nothing, man. And what that did for me is it, he dismissed it with so much ease and he was a person that I uh, believed, you know, so, you know, he's like, yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out. That's nothing. So I believe that 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 kind of gave me a, 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 a first step. You know, I had to believe something. So I believe that I can get out of this hole. And then the next step was um, I had these notebooks. I used to like have a black, uh, you know, one of them school notebooks. I used to, I stopped a while ago, but I, every year I would have a new one and just write. It's like a journal or, you know, my father recommended I keep a journal. So it was like a journal. It was like a to-do list. It was, you know, just a, my black book for the year. So I went through some of these black books because <laughs> I wanted to understand how I got into the situation. I really wanted to figure out what the, in the world was I thinking and um from there I didn't I still didn't find out what I was thinking I, I still I still, I still don't know <laughs> why I made those moves but I what I did get is um whenever I would meet somebody or whenever I would read books or hear uh someone that gives me like something that sticks in my head I, I write it down so when I started reading my black books I came across some things that really helped me a lot. The first one was this book by the Motley Fools. It was called You Have More Than You Think. And it was actually a book about credit. But the whole that title right there, You Have More Than You Think. Wow. Okay. Talk about a shift in perspective yeah. between your mentor in a sense and then that. I mean, the shift in perspective alone. You have more than you think, right? Wow. You know, we talk about happiness and, and joy and, and all that stuff. You know, I remember that being very something very important to to Diddy. You know, having that fun, having that energy. And but I also met I met Barry Gordy, 
and uh, I asked him, you know, what was one of the keys, you know, for him building Motown and stuff like that. And that was one of the things that, you know, he said was just like, you know, no matter what happens, you know, protect that, you know. And I saw that I was not I was not happy at that time. I was, you know, like felt like I was in the corner by myself and, you know, I didn't see a way out of it. Maybe just those two things. But that that you have more than you think. Right. So I said, well, what do I have? So I took out a, a piece of paper and I wrote down all of the quote unquote assets that I had, whether they were, they were uh, physical, uh, whether they were in people, you know, resources, anything. And let me tell you what happened when I did that. Like uh, when I when I looked at it, I realized that I had the way out because I I saw that uh, I had a publishing deal. I was doing a publishing deal, right, with Diddy. But see, in order to get the publishing deal, you have to I had to release some songs to a major label, all that stuff. But then I look, I see I have a relationship with this guy who has a company that has distribution through a major label. You know, I start putting together this this like. Oh, if I do this and do this, you know, I'm like, I can, I can make it happen. And I did it, you know, that helped me put together a basic plan to not get me, you know, out of all of the issues, but start the ball moving. And, you know, at this time I have, I I don't have any money. Right. So I call up uh, the contact I had that had the the label. I said, Hey, I want to put out this album, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, well, you know, I can help you with it, but you, you, you know, it's going to cost you. I think he wanted like 10 grand or something like that. I didn't have 10 grand, but it goes back to my list of the, what I do have available. And I have relationships with a lot of other producers that might be in similar issue, you know? So I reached out and I, I set up like slots and I charged people slots. And I was able to get the money I need, you know, put the put the record out. And it not only helped me, it helped, helped other guys, too. So that really helped me. It started the ball rolling with changing my spirit, with changing my belief that, you know, this wasn't the end of the world. <laughs> and uh, so I said, OK, well, let me. You know, I had to plan. I had to make some hard decisions. I said, OK, well, you know what? I'm going to move back to New York just because I can keep my overhead lower in New York. I didn't sell a house, you know, but I, you know, decided I was going to rent out the house, rent out the studios and stuff like that. But New York, you know, I could live in the you know, city of Brooklyn and not need a car, not need insurance, mm-hmm. not need get, you know, all these different things. So I started really strategically thinking what I needed to do in order to, you know, get back where I wanted to go. And I'll say this, it took me, maybe about 18 months to, you know, get back to zero. But when you like over 300 grand in debt to get back to zero is a, an That's accomplishment. Huge. That's <laughs> huge. It is huge. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here. I so appreciate you sharing because there's a few things that I heard was shift in perspective, honoring and recognizing your relationships, being super resourceful, and then acting on those things. Oh, and yeah. the and the belief and the belief was always the foundation, but that's like, I mean, that's a masterclass in itself. 
in helping somebody shift out of something that could have been devastating. I mean, we know of so many people who have been successful and they lose money or they lose their titles or they lose a relationship and it takes them down. Right. So what are the things that you are doing now? I know you have your course and you, you've shifted into other areas of entrepreneurship as well. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm working in real estate, you know, buying houses and flipping houses, but this time I'm hands-on with it. I'm not just, you know, giving money to somebody hoping they do the right thing. You know, I really wanted to understand, you know, what I did wrong. And, you know, once I kind of got it and figured out my little area of expertise, you know, I flow with it. And, um, yeah, so I, I flip houses. I, uh, I try and sell courses and I spend time with my family, you know, <laughs> Family is so key. Yeah, yeah. That is so awesome. So tell us a bit about your your course. Yeah, it's the uh, Producer Survival Manual. And what it is is, you know, if you're a producer and, you know, I'll tell all of the producers that I meet, like, look, you know, this is not a game to um, play with. You have to do this with intention so that you can enjoy the royalties 20, 30 years from now, like I am right now. So there's certain things that you need to do to ensure that you get that opportunity. And we help them set that up from wherever they are, however they are. We kind of give them hands-on, you know, just methods that they can take action with right now. And I'm so excited about this course. The people who have been taking it so far, they've been, you know, hitting me up with like, um, just being thankful of uh, getting this this information. We go from A to Z, even to starting their own business, building their own team from what team members they need to have, how they gonna, how should they get them, how should they compensate them, how to keep them together after success. You know, we go through all of that, all of these experiences that I went through, and it's not just me teaching it. Also, it's like I said, this is a continuation of me relearning. So I went to a bunch of subject matter experts what's going on right now how how can someone start and build a career right now and it's it's a great thing so yeah it's fun and i partnered up with uh, a brother named sound oracle who's one of the you know leading contributors to the production community you know he's like has drum sounds and he's one of the drum like sound designers who works with like pharrell timberland rodney jerkins all of these big guys and, you know, something that we collaborated on to make sure that these producers who are getting to the point where, you know, they want their time to really mean something, that they can take this and kind of shorten their path to that success. That's awesome. I mean, it's fully comprehensive. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, we even go into like, let's <laughs> say you don't have any money. You need money. You really do need money. So we help you get money. We help you go to banks and get business lines of credit, like stuff that you may think is rocket science. You know, we kind of made it not so for you, you know, so you can swallow it and take action yourself. That's amazing. And we'll definitely have all the information, how to connect with Rich and buy that course in the show notes. Rich, before we close, is there something that you would like to share that you haven't? If anyone's dealing with challenges of transcending their identity, their belief systems or environments that you just want to leave them with before we close? Yeah. Listen, I want you to know that it never ends, you know, as far as 
the uh, the journey. Like I went through that experience, and you know, I came out of that experience, and now I'm in a whole new experience that's different. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it continues. So we have to remember to to dream, to dream something that feels good, because that's going to build the passion, and the passion is going to power us. Right. So we, you know, if you're not passionate about something, then, you know, sit still. You know, people talk about meditation, stuff like that. That's something I do. But it's important that you allow yourself to hear, to to bump into whatever that thing is that's going to give you that passion. You know, you got to you got to do that, because once you get that, you're going to you're going to be unstoppable. And then once you get that passion. Because you get, you have to have the passion first. You have to build a team. There's only 24 hours in a day, and you can become your own bottleneck. You don't want to do that. But your passion is going to power not just you, but your team. They're going to see that passion. They're going to want to mimic that passion. They're going to follow your lead. Create a team so you're not doing everything, you know, and find out what you're, you're great in and do that and then have everybody else do everything else. So that that's important. And then, listen, you have to take action without fear. You have to take actions without thinking of the results. You know, you have to you have to move like that because ultimately we don't know. Like, listen, tomorrow somebody could shut down the grid and this could all be over life as we know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it could be. So we have to move without fear of tomorrow or doing we have to do what feels right for us what we know in our our hearts is right and, and don't worry about it not working that's one thing i learned from this uh, one of our elders Clarence Avant you know if he has a special on um, Netflix um the black godfather if you haven't checked it out you should see it it's inspirational for any anybody you know anybody but I was blessed enough to have a personal relationship with him. One thing that I learned from him is that um, it was two things that I really liked. The first thing he was like, when negotiating, he's like, if your hand ain't shaking because you think it's too high, he's like, you're not, you're not asking for it enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that uh, that really cracked me up. But I, I definitely go by that. The second thing is. Um, you know, I would ask him why he would do all these, all this stuff. Like he did the radio station, he did this, he did that, and the third. And he was like, "Yo, you know," he's like, "I was just trying stuff out." He's like, "Something going to work," you know. I don't know, you know. And that that made me even stronger. I'm like, you know what? Something is going to work. I don't know what's going to work. I don't know, and I, I'm not even sure if it's my job to know anymore. But I just know that something is, and I'm going to do what I'm passionate about. Like, hey, these courses that we put out, hey, they can sell, you know, 10,000 courses. They can sell 10, right? But, hey, I'm detaching myself from that part of it. I'm doing what I feel needs to be done. So try things, do things. Something is going to work. Something is going to work, you know, or it's going to lead you to another place, which is where you need to be, you know. And that that's a, a, a common theme in my life too. Um, everything works out in the long run, you know. Every everything it profits you. Everything profits me, so I know everything will profit you too. And then the last thing I want to say is just uh, if you try things and they don't work out, then adjust. Just adjust and try again. <laughs> adjust and try again. 
Yeah. Rich, thank you so much. I really thank you for your time and all that you've shared. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode enriched your life. If so, please leave a review, subscribe, and share this episode with others. Let's continue to grow together, transcend to new heights, and create a life that truly reflects who we are. I'll see you soon on another episode of Transcending Identity.